Well, 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 uh, good morning, good morning, and welcome back to the iHealth channel, Fit and Fab channel, and iHealth Radio, Hurricane H here, and a new show, a new guest. Today's guest is an author, writer of many books, and a specific book we're going to talk about today is also a, uh, a program manager for disabilities in the city of New York, and we'll talk about his role in that, and he'll give us a little bit more, Gabriel Garrison, uh, very uh, great to have you on the show today and uh, look forward to an exciting um, content and information from your book and from your your journey and all the good work that you do uh, to help people in different aspects of their lives. Uh, so, so, Gabriel, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, thank you, first of all, for the opportunity to share with the listeners and the viewers some of the ideas. Uh, particularly from the book we are going to talk uh, about, Grazia Cantantes. Um, so again, my name is Gabriel Gerasim, perfect pronunciation of the last name, by the way. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been working since 2003 in various positions that had to deal with assisting individuals with disabilities um, to remain independent in the community uh, be it in terms of their physical and or uh, mental disabilities. So I've been working um, with the Department for the Aging as a case manager. I've been uh, uh, teaching psychology at Long Island Business Institute. Uh, present, and I have, I've also been uh, doing group and individual therapy uh, for four and a half years. Um, with an um, outpatient uh, um, agency uh, which uh, assisted individuals with uh, mental and or chemical addiction issues where the book Kratzia Cantantes is coming from, if you will. Um, and uh, presently I work as a borough manager for Manhattan at, uh, at Sydney, which is uh, an organization that has a 40 years history in assisting individuals with disabilities uh, in New York City. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> that's that's pretty busy. I, yes. I, I think I, I, I sometimes I, I complain that I have too many things going on, a lot of uh, <laughs> uh, uh, things that I'm juggling, but I guess I'm not the only one out there. <laughs> well, yeah. we try to break it down, right, as much as we can in the six to eight hours work, six to eight hours. Uh, recreation and six to eight hours sleep in the 24 hour cycle. Uh, is it always balanced? Uh, I wouldn't think so. We, we just strive for the balance, uh, don't we? You know, actually, Gabriel, that's interesting how you broke it down to like, you know, a nice, even balance, for, you know, business life and, 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 and body, you know, uh, needs. But that, to your point, I don't think a lot of people do that. And unfortunately, some people are totally unbalanced with that. And uh, sometimes it affects their well being, family their mindset, everything, I mean, their health. Uh, so so I think, that, well, that's not the topic of the day, but really it's a good uh, a little spin there that I really like to, to just kind of point out because uh, we get involved all the time. Uh, oh, absolutely. And work we, yeah. it gets in the way and we forget that there is more than, than just work. Uh, and uh, ultimately, that is, you know, we can't just run, run, run. Eventually, we we'll run out of energy. <laughs> and then you're absolutely, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely correct. We 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 invest so much of our health and time inordinately, so, um, and of our health really, and energy to make money in the 20s, 30s, 40s, and then in the 50s, 60s, and uh, above. We are investing money to recuperate our health. So, um, unless we keep it uh, balanced in the homeostasis aspect, which includes the 888 cycle in the 24 hour cycle, if you will, uh, which I wrote about in the book. That, that is that is a super advice. I would, I would literally recommend anyone listening, please take that note. It's important um, and it's, uh, it's valuable. So, uh, so the word. Let me let me say it right. Gracie Cantantes. Yes. Gracie Cantantes. So 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 what does that mean in Latin? Absolutely. Yes, yes, it is Latin based. You are correct. So Gracia Cantantes. Um, I didn't just name it just to give a hard time to people who would want to uh, <laughs> pronounce or read it. Um, it is actually very pertinent to the content 
of the book. So grazia means thankful or thankfulness, and cant means singing, and antes means uh, before. So the long translation would be uh, singing thankfulness before. Uh, before what? Before something good happens in one's life. In other words, being grateful, um, forward grateful, if you will. So there is a reason behind it. There is a technique and a science behind the why uh, this might be benefiting us uh, both internally and externally. And we can delve further <laughs> as, we, as we discuss this. So Grazia Cantantes, uh, invites for a paradigm of thinking, feeling, talking, and acting, which is based on gratitude, uh, as opposed to seeking occasions to be afraid, uh, which in turn will lead to one getting angry and in looking at the world as a dangerous place to live in, uh, which is no way to live. <laughs> Granted, there are uh, situations, people, places, things, and actions where uh, imminent danger requires for one to be cautious, afraid, get angry, uh, fight, take flight, or even freeze, depending on the circumstances in order to survive. Um, the problem is not so much with acting, uh, if you will, responding or even reacting, because it's two different things, right? Responding and reacting when the imminent danger is happening. The problem is that after that, uh, or even before that, we tend to worry unnecessarily. And in so doing, we create so much stress, unnecessary stress in our lives that it creates a miserable experience, um, just being afraid. So gratitude really uh, involves appreciating the daily beauties, beauty in one's life, the half full part, uh, while indeed trying to progress as you and I were talking before the show started on a daily basis with what we need to do in order to, um, to move ahead in life. So, so something prompted you to, to actually write this book. Um, is it experience, things that you've encountered, or is it the work that you've been doing, or is it a combination of all? And, and also, you've talked about gratitude. And um, some people have it, some people may not have it. Um, yes. You know, Let's talk about those two elements. Uh, yes, so um, excellent question. So what prompted it? It was a combination, all of the above. Um, I opened myself to learn uh, and to do that um, in a way that is a combination of interaction between seen and un unseen experiences. Um, so, Grazia Cantantes really clarifies, first of all, uh, what the priorities of a human being are. So let me ask you, if I said, what is a human being made out of? What would you say a human being is made out of? Well, that would be a very deep question. <laughs> I would say physically, biologically, or, or just... You know, the, well, Go for it. What comes well, to mind? Well, there's there's the, the personality, there's the soul, there is the I mean, it depends what your beliefs are, but I mean, it's a combination, right? Uh, it's also your your uh, things that you've learned over your life, you know, from your things that you inherited, you know, through your parents or to your society. So that's that's what makes a human being. All the elements that feed into your character, uh, besides your your biology <laughs> and your spiritual, you know, being. I mean, I think everything else. So so it's it's a lot of things, and sometimes, in my opinion, I think there's a lot of um, influence and that can shape a little bit who we are and how we behave and i think you know i've had a few guests that talked about behavior and things like that i think that's what shapes a human being again i'm not sure that's the right answer but that's just my my opinion how what is a human being it's a lot it's a complex being <laughs> so it's a it's a perfect definition you've given it encompassed both the human values in us namely material things physiology um um, material values on the outside, house, car, and so forth, uh, money, um, titles. So that would be the values that are um, aiming towards satisfying the human in us. Uh, little less is being paid attention to the values uh, and the constitution of the being 
in the human being, which you actually mentioned, and that's very rare because usually people think in terms of human values, not so much in the being values. So you mentioned in terms of being values, one's spirituality, spirituality, one's um, um, thoughts and life experiences and interpretations, one's consciousness and so forth. So exactly. So the in Grazia Cantantes, which also has the subtitle of Recognizance Therapy, which really means healing through gratitude. Therapy means healing and Recognizance means uh, uh, gratitude in the Romance languages. So basically we are I am inviting the readers to review both these values, the humans and the beings, and particularly to keep in check, if you will, in the right proportion based on their own uh, needs, um, the, the need to satisfy both of them, if you will. So in other words, um, one, may pay a lot of attention to the material values. Uh, and that is good to a point because the material values answer to the uh, verb to have, right? I want to have a house, I want to have a car and so forth. Not so much is being paid attention in the West at least, maybe too much in the East uh, to the detriment of the having values or the human values uh, when it comes to being values, right? one's consciousness, one's thoughts, one's feelings, one's emotions. Uh, so the being values answer to the question, uh, predictably enough, uh, of being something as opposed to having some things. Uh, the confusion very often comes when individuals try to use this analogy, if I try to reach an FM radio station, by being on AM, am I able to do that? You work in radio. <laughs> How likely is that? <laughs> that is good to say. I like that. Well, and, it, it happened. <laughs> so, by, and vice versa, if I'm trying to reach an AM station, right, on FM, how likely is that? Unfortunately, uh, a lot of human beings are trying to reach being values, such as love and loyalty and dedication by providing having values to the people uh, for whom, from whom they want that sort of attention, the being values. Uh, and that's not going to happen, right? So somebody can buy the wife, uh, the trophy car and the trophy house. And the idea is if I buy you all these things, then you will be my trophy wife, right? And they get very surprised when after a while, the so-called trophy wife divorces the person and takes away the trophy car and the trophy house. So, <laughs> so, and, and vice versa. Yeah, and vice versa. So the reason for that uh, really is because love is an electromagnetic field of energy, very conscious based. Some people may say divine um, and just like with anything energy-based, one can radiate, send, emanate love, one can receive love, one cannot take love from anybody. So taking is a having value, a material value, a human value, whereas giving is a being value. So uh, the book details really the nuances and intricacies of uh, of these ideas and values and parameters uh, by using a lot of literature and anecdotal evidence, scientific facts, uh, analysis based on quantum physics, hopefully in a digestible form so uh, that people don't get lost and bored as I would have if I had not written the book in, a, in this simple form, I would hope. Well, I mean, it's pretty deep stuff. I mean, I and and you, I mean, I'm sure as 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 simple as you can get it, it's still going to be to a degree of a complexity. Uh, but I mean, you got to really get into it. But but so we're talking about gratitude, thankfulness, and and understanding the difference between having and like really giving things like that. But why is it that today, 
more than ever, you know, people are really seeing value as material things as the, the way to, to own the world or to even think that they're better than others because they have more or, or, or so on and so forth. It's like it's becoming the, the, the currency that to justify somebody's worth, we look at what their net worth is and what their, you know, uh, physical, you know, belongings and, 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 and possessions as opposed to who they are in character and their personality and stuff like that. I mean, is there anything that is that has been out there that that talks and and, and maybe you you you've addressed this, but that is a big question. It's a superb question, and um, this is what happens when we either confuse being values with having values, or we do away altogether with them. Uh, we cannot fool uh, spirituality, loyalty, love. Uh, kindness, we cannot fool those into turning into material values, and we cannot buy those. Um, in the 1600s, we had with Newtonian uh, concepts of science, the big clock view of the human body, which is okay for the human part of the body, where the idea was if somebody gets um, uh, to have a, to need a kidney transplant, then we nowadays we can certainly do it, and we were able to do it in the second half of the last century. Uh, this is fine and dandy for the human part in us. Uh, any doctor worth his or her salt will know that the physical matter alone is not going to do it. That the patient has to take an active role. And that very often is involved in his or her um, openness to healing, involvement into her own healing, um, and the, uh, the engagement of what we would call consciousness and spirituality, that electromagnetic force without which we are all dead. Well, so, so, so we're evoking here, I guess, the, the, the power of will the willingness of people, also the mind over the body, because, uh, and I, I think the mind is the, the subconscious, you know, or that may be where the spirit resides, you know, of, of a human being. And I think that's what pushes sometimes the, the individuals to, and, and I had a couple of shows recently where people had traumatic experiences and they literally, you know, were able to conquer those things based on their will. And, uh, you know, years later, I mean, they're the most vibrant people you can possibly meet. So, so it's true. It's, it's not, it's just not, okay, you can take all the pills, but if your mind is not accepting the, the treatment, it's not going to do anything for you. That is, that is a very, uh, I guess, uh, strict, you know, concept that people may elude sometimes. They may not actually see it as, as a big thing, but that is what makes a difference. And to your point, even in the medicine, Doctors can only give you, you know, the physical piece of it, but you have to reinforce it. Absolutely. Uh, you're asking, an inter you mentioned an interesting word there, mind. So let me ask you. Uh -oh. <laughs> I like to dialogue. And by the way, uh, there is no right or wrong answer. It's a, it's a subjective definition. Where do you think the mind is located? All right, so if you ask me, I'm, I, I do kind of tend to use science and, and spirituality at the same time. So I don't think the mind is actually physical <laughs> or in, in, in the brain. I mean, it's, it's more your, your uh, ghost in the machine, if you want to call it, as the Greeks would have stated. <laughs> but that's how I see it. I mean, there is, there is a, an extra being that may be in control, which, which may in religion be referred to as a soul. But again, I mean, some people may think that I'm a little extreme on that, that, that concept, but I can physically balance it up between the science and that, but that's just my, <laughs> my take on it. Sure, so exactly. So you're right, the, the mind is all pervading. It exists at the uh, cellular level, at the uh, DNA level. It exists wherever there is the electromagnetic field we call spirit. Uh, flowing within us. Um, and that, of course, is also, there is also a quote unquote mind in leaves. There is a mind in the water. There is a mind in every single molecule that, that has life in it uh, in the world. Um, and it's important to understand that, that mind, 
like the body, like our health, which goes back to the title of the book, are all gifts to us. Uh, and when somebody gives us a gift, uh, we usually, even if it is a small thing, we say it's the thought that matters, we show gratitude. Um, and imagine, let us imagine when we strip the spirituality out of our lives, how things that we were looking at as gratitude, as, as, as gifts for which we should be having gratitude every day became entitlements, right? So therefore my, I, it's, it's my body, I do what I want with it. In appearance and even legally, it sounds okay. Unfortunately, we forgot to add it's my body, I do what I want with it. I also have the responsibility of protect it. In church language it's called one's body is one's temple, right? Uh, so this idea about having, feeling, thinking, uh, talking and acting in a responsible way um, uh, for gifts that are given to us, meaning that we would be grateful for the responsibilities that come with these gifts, uh, has la was lost during the Newtonian period, which lasted um, really up to last century, earlier last century, and so and after that, when quantum physics came into um, into being, if you will, and so we realized, and the scientists realized that they could not run experiments um, without. Uh, taking into consideration the, the consciousness of the uh, individuals who are running those experiences because um, anything from water, and we have the Emoto experiment, uh, the consciousness of water in Japan, uh, and let us remember water is over 75% in nature, isn't it? Uh, when, no, we are, <laughs> when we are babies, uh, particularly the water is about what, 70% as we grow older, it gets reduced to 55% in our body. Water is a conductor of electricity. So all these things conjoin into showing that uh, because of our consciousness, we dictate A, what we emanate and B, what we attract. Um, I don't want to get too long on the matter, but for example, let's take uh, the case of individuals who have learned helplessness, who have learned that it is okay to be in a subservient position. And uh, they have learned it because of the life experiences which created certain concepts in their lives about what is and what is not quote unquote normal. So if they've learned that it's okay to put oneself in a subservient position, they will be finding partners who will be um, really abusing them and taking advantage for, uh, of them uh, and vice versa. Individuals who are respecting themselves uh, will be finding other partners um, out of all this ocean of human beings who will be respecting themselves. Um, I'm not talking here about abusive situations where somebody is kidnapped or uh, taken away and treated in a way that is beyond his or her control at the time. I'm talking about our choices based on how we look at ourselves. Um, there was an experience called the 50, 10, 40 percent. Uh, and this experiment uh, simply states that what uh, defines our life's experience is based on three factors. The first one uh, is the genetic aspect of our buildup. That's 50%, very little we can do in terms of addressing it. We can re make recourse to medications and prayers and what have you. And at the same time, it's pretty much etched in stone. Mm -hmm. um, there are two more aspects, the outside factors and one's perception. So which one of those two would be the 10 and which one of those two would be the 40%, uh, do you think? Well, I would say the 40% will be the perceptions and 10 will be the, 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 the other one. <laughs> so you are absolutely correct. And isn't it strange that 
people would actually prioritize for that 10% outside factors the majority of their lives. Um, and they will pay such little attention very often to the actual 40%, which is having a sound, healthy, respectful, loving perception about themselves and about the environment and other people. And therein lies the problem with people stating I'm happy or I'm unhappy. It's because they are prioritizing on the 10%, which has its role as 10%, and they are ignoring the 40%, the, the, the introspection uh, that is so much needed to create the healthy, loving, uh, respectful, and very often forgiving or self-forgiving uh, perception, which is necessary for happiness. Gabriel, you mentioned the, the concept where someone can attract a similar personality, you know, in positive or negative, you know, uh, but, but I think that is something we experience. It's, it's really, you are, you know, who you, you surround yourself with. And, and, and to, to your earlier point of energy, uh, positivity, you know, gets positivity, negativity gets negativity. It's like almost the opposite, well, not opposite tracks. They're literally completely different poles <laughs> in a battery and they have different ways of operating. And so you'll find negative folks, you know, gravitate around negativity uh, and or vice versa. And then therefore they get more in a negative spin. And then the positives will probably, you know, find or look forward to, to positivity and find a way to, to interact with positive folks. And, you know, a lot of books, a lot of, you know, studies have shown that. I mean, I, I personally believe in positivity as, as a key. Uh, I don't try to think about negativity. There's no reason for it. Uh, but, I mean, unfortunately, it exists. And uh, it's just a, a mind way of thinking. I mean, sometimes people, they, they blame the world for things. And, uh, but to your point, if they just got themselves out of it and just, like, I just look the other way. I mean, there is the other side of the coin. You know, flip it. <laughs> And you'll see a big difference. And unfortunately, you know, some people may have difficulty getting to that point. But, you know, people can seek help and certainly turn and, and become in a very positive, you know, spin. Um, you mentioned thankfulness, which is the core, you know, concept here. Uh, we have to be thankful for things. But now that, that begs a question of spirituality or religion to a degree. Because, uh, you know, if you intend to have religion, regardless of what the denomination is, you know, there's always a link with God, spirit, spiritual stuff. And ultimately, you know that I'm here for a reason. I'm thankful to God. I'm thankful to my creator, blah, blah. But then some people may not have that. Uh, and, and in today's society, we have a mix of different beliefs. And so they might not have that core concept of, of you know, supreme being someone that is some, some, and the entity that created us. And therefore, they might not, they take everything for granted. You said, it, I, it's my body, I do whatever I want. But yeah. it's a religious aspect. Well, it's not your body. It was given to you as a trust or something. Yeah. And That's they are both true. And they are both true. You're absolutely correct. Now, um, I come from a communist country. And I grew up uh, in a country where the communists um, were not indifferent to God. They hated God. And that was shown throughout the 50 years of destroying churches, imprisoning priests, uh, prohibiting, as the case was in Romania, a whole church, the Byzantine Catholic Church, and killing eight of their bishops, with, which are now, who are now uh, beatified, and a host of other priests. And really, the Orthodox Church um, uh, in Romania uh, also has its martyrs uh, and so forth. So why is it that if I'm un declared that there is no God, that I hate God? So obviously the communists, and that goes back to Karl Marx and his idea um, that there is no God, actually he went more on the other side uh, where, uh, yes, there is spirituality, there is negative spirituality and positive spirituality. And, and I'm going to, be the proverbial uh, devil's best trick where I convince you that there is no God, I convince you that there is no devil and therefore you fall for it. And in the name of atheism, then I can actually be anti-spirituality. So if I'm anti-spiritual, 
how am I denying that there is a spirit? You understand? So it, it's a non sequitur right there in, in the thinking. Um, now, it's a choice. I can deny the electromagnetic spiritual aspect of me. That's fine. I have free choice. Neither God nor Satan can actually convince me. Uh, and the communists, God knows, try to uh, convince the political prisoners to deny God. They didn't want to destroy the bodies alone. They wanted to, the individual to essentially curse God. So there is this idea. Yeah, yeah, there is this idea that I have a choice. Uh, my suggestion to those who say there is no God is I could understand the Gnostic aspect of it, where somebody says, I don't know if there is a God. I don't know if there is Satan. I don't know if there is positive or negative energy. However, if somebody says, I know that there is no God, that's a pretty high bar to prove. And so therefore it's not a, a science in showing that there is no God. It's more like a, the religion of non-God. It's a belief system. And as such really it's highly uh, subjective and it comes with its price because if I deny my beingness, um, then I'm going to suffer, am I not, from that end? Just like the folks in certain areas like, um, like uh, ascetic cults from the Christian um, uh, monks to the Indians, uh, fakirs and such, they are denying the having the human aspect in them and they pay the price in terms of physical health. So it's a choice. Sorry for being so long. <laughs> no, no, it's pretty deep stuff. I mean, you know, it's uh, I mean, obviously we're not going to the, the religion aspect of it, but but certainly to be thankful, you know, is is a is a big you know uh, burden, and and to have that feeling of thankfulness, you need to be aware that something was given to you, and I think that's really where you you vary in the opinion because anyone with some background of religion will believe that you know that you were given things. I mean, I. Right now, I'm talking to you. If I yes. didn't have a voice, I mean, how well will I be able to communicate? I mean, there's technology that I can do, but it's not the same. I'm, I can see you. I can enjoy the weather. I can enjoy, enjoy everything around me. My eyesight is a, is, is a gift, you know, but I have to see that as such. But some people say, no, that's just granted. I exactly. Would, and it's not granted, it. is it? <laughs> it's well, not granted. Okay. So to, to argue, yes. Some people say, well, no, that's just the uh, nature. Okay, we can call it nature, that's fine. But it's still given and it's still available to us. And I had a debate, well, not debate, a discussion two days, a couple of days ago about a simple concept that people may, if they just reflect on it, they'll change their way of thinking. Color. Now, let me specify what I mean with color. If the whole world, everything had the same color, I'm not talking black and white. I mean, just be the same color. How would we even see the world or even interact in the world? Because I wouldn't even know what my hands versus my legs, unless I touch them, I would not know the difference. My desk, my camera, anything around you will not be able to identify. That's just one little thing. Just yes. differentiating colors can make you, you know, appreciate things. And I mean, there's, we, can, we can talk about this for hours, but that's just like an example where you can say like, wow, I, I am thankful. I mean, you read some, a lot of people say, I wake up in the morning, I'm healthy. I can see I have no problems, thank God, or thank, you know, I'm thankful. They might not say thank God, but they just, I'm thankful. Uh, yeah. But some people may just, just wake up, take it for granted, it's just another day. And again, right. it's all a mindset and how people see it. So in English, exactly, in English, the word thankful really means uh, thinking fully. So by simple virtue of being able to think, if you to use the biblical terms of knowing the difference between the good and evil, right? Uh, then by default, I'm realizing how lucky I am to be and have all these electromagnetic and physical aspects of me, which make me um, a, a functional human being. Uh, I wanted to address, if I may, well, gratitude is hard because it interferes with the ego wanting to be uh, supreme, in control, always accepted, loved, honored, and so forth. Uh, when I'm grateful, I'm giving deference to somebody else. And so therefore, the ego 
and the spirit have a little bit of uh, of dueling there to do, right? By the way, the word spirit actually comes from spiral. So it's the same kind of uh, spiral that we see uh, in the water going down the sink or the hurricane as for your uh, nom de plume here, right? When we look at a hurricane, we see the spiral. When, when we look uh, at our fingerprints, we see the spiral. Um, when we look at the Milky Way, we see the spiral. Same movement. Yeah, so exactly. So when we talk about the spirit, what we really mean is the spiral of the electromagnetic uh, consciousness, which uh, allows us uh, to think and make decisions for better or worse. And it's very hard gratitude. I mean, if you remember the example of uh, Jesus Christ um, uh, healing 10 lepers. Do you know how many of them came back to thank him? One. I was going to say one. <laughs> I didn't want to one. Go. <laughs> one. So it was only one out of 10 who took the trouble to thank him. And he was a foreigner. He wasn't uh, even part of uh, his people. So, so the question that, that uh, Jesus had at, at the time as a healer was, where are the other nine? So the other nine were following their ego, whereas the the one coming to thank him followed his heart. Um, well, yeah. ego is, ego can be your worst enemy. I mean, uh, we we experience ego in a lot of you know in, in our world every day. I mean, and uh, humans. I mean, we do have pride, and if it goes, if we can't control it, I mean, we tend to give credit to ourselves and never to the others. Um, and even when people do things for you, I mean, I I it's funny. I put a, a little meme few few weeks back or a video uh, about the power of thank you it's not a difficult thing thank you i mean it doesn't hurt these two words that mean a lot and, and that's unfortunate that people have a little bit of difficulty saying thank you you know yeah. like you know just after receiving because like well you like in my world for example you know in insurance and leadership i mean i tend to be a leader in my world in 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 my role and you know but I am thankful for the people that work with me because they're the ones who actually do the work and make the success happen. And so I cannot say it's me. It was my thing. And, I, and again, we do have, I do have shows and discussions about leadership. You know, a true leader will never say I did it. We did it. Yes. Yes. It. And that's, that's a big, you know, concept that some people may elude because, or they just may ignore because they don't want to admit that it's not them, but exactly. it's, it's really, but then again, that has to do with, how you were brought up, your influences, why, and, and again, we, we hear about this power trips, you know, and people tend to, you get to a certain level and like, you know, I own the world, this is all me. Yeah. No, it's not all you. <laughs> There's yeah. Factors that get you there. <laughs> and they're both correct. I mean, we, the ego has its purpose in terms of having values, uh, which then allow for one to accumulate anything from food to comfort. Um, it, it is generated from the back of our uh, head in the reptilian brain uh, part of our um, overall brain, if you will. And then in the front where the forehead is, we have the mammalian brain. And this is the one uh, that is, uh, the, uh, has the ingrained, the genetic aspect for most of us uh, in terms of sacrificing oneself doing something that is for the best benefit of other people, places, things, ideas, uh, than it is for us, including but not limited to the ultimate sacrifice, which is dying for um, the loved cause or, or people. So they are both there. They have a purpose, uh, uh, provided again that uh, uh, they are both balanced. You got it. Absolutely. It's all, it's all about the balance. Yeah. So uh, when I hear individuals saying, yes, but uh, I would like to just um, say that from my end, I say yes. And uh, the reason for that is that, yes, we have a half empty part of the glass and a half full part of the glass. They are both there. The question is, what do I choose to focus on, um, particularly about events which are not anymore in my control? So the ego wants to be right. 
uh, right and as it turns out miserable as you and I spoke before at the beginning of the uh, program because the ego wants to be right under any circumstances when, when it comes to past events or situations beyond our control uh, certainly uh, the ego should relent to the spiritual in us uh, which is let me just be wrong and happy as opposed to right and miserable so what does it mean wrong Ron I've met clients who have been wrongfully convicted and stayed in prison for 25 years. And then they were exonerated because of the DNA. Um, and they told me uh, when I was doing the group and individual therapy sessions, listen, I came to the understanding that if I don't focus at what is good in my life, meaning comfort, good people, good places, things, choices, activities, I'm going to, the day is going to go and leave, whether I'm miserable uh, because I'm, I'm wrong and miserable or whether I am at peace at least and serene and find reasons to be grateful for everything I can in this very day. Um, uh, and, and in so doing, I am at peace. So whether they were in prison or after that on the outside, um, they chose uh, to find reasons for which to be grateful every single day. Uh, same for individuals who have very, very difficult health problems. Same for individuals who are in very abusive situations. Again, when it comes to, like you and I say, uh, said earlier, uh, to um, opportunities to progress in life, whether externally or internally, yes, let me do it. And at the same time, let me also be grateful for everything that I can see in terms of having and or being values uh, for this very day, because it comes and goes whether I choose or not choose uh, to find reasons to be grateful for. Um, forgiveness is a big thing <laughs> because the word forgiveness, where does it come from, right? Um, forgive in 1300s, English language uh, was um, uh, before give, give before. So give before is part of one of the Psalms where it says give before the Lord all your worries. So imagine the collection plate where you put money. Mm -hmm. The idea is that when you forgive, you give before the Lord uh, in that imaginary collection place, all your hurt and anger and uh, it's done, it's gone, it's over with. So the open wound becomes now a scar. Um, and uh, I, that's it, right? Just like I wouldn't think about going into the church and taking my donation money back. Uh, so shouldn't I, once I give before the Lord all my worries, do it. So, yeah. So before the Lord was flipped to um, before give, give before, forgive, you see where it was flipped and now we say forgive. In the Romans languages, <clears throat> the same concept works where uh, you can say adios in Spanish. What does that mean? It means to God, right? Same yeah. thing. Uh, in uh, French, pardonner, what does it mean? Pardon, the, gover the governor pardons. <clears throat> Excuse me, not because it's right, but he or she pardons uh, simply for the sake of it. So it's not an issue about being right. It's uh, an issue about uh, doing something kind. Uh, so again, uh, there is a functional uh, and clinical and psychological approach as to why forgiveness outside the religious dogmatic aspect uh, is a functional tool in self-help and healing and therapy. I again, uh, elaborate more in the book on that. We don't have time to do it now, but that's the main concept. Yeah, well, I mean, again, those are real deep and, and maybe at length, you know, discussions, just, just each one of them. But to your point, I mean, the only thing that I, you know, that I would like to just add to that is that with today's society, unfortunately, you know, comes with, you know, uh, too much complex stuff. It is very easy to forget. It is actually very easy to think for, but it's how you set up your mind to think about it. You know, to your point, what's gone is gone. What's done is done. You can't change a word. If something has happened, you can't change it. So you can dwell about it. You can lose sleep about it, or you can just learn from it and move on and maybe to a better thing. 
and hopefully avoid it. But some people will actually, you know, really just hang on to bad or good, whatever the case may be, and they don't want to move on. And I think that's that's the part that makes a difference between someone that's willing to just, okay, I get it. You know, life is going to move on with the good and the bad and the ugly. And again, we see history. History, you know, changes over time. And we've seen, you know, successes. And we've seen losses. We've seen a lot of crazy, good, bad, and ugly and everything. But the fact of the matter is, People, like I, again, another quote is, you know, don't live in the past, enjoy the present and look forward for the, to the future because you can make a difference. You can change things. Uh, regardless of the environment that you've lived in, sometimes people can make a difference, but they have to be willing to do. And that is not easy for everybody. And again, thank you, gratitude, uh, understanding the values of those things. But now the problem is we live in a society that is giving you the, the guidance what are, what are the actual features that you have to have, you know, and therefore you value everything with, again, position. I have to have certain things to really be thankful, but you can live, you can have enough food for the day uh, and you're healthy and you don't have to have a castle. You can still be happy <laughs> and you can have, you know, mansions and not have a happy life. And, and be miserable. Not, yes. Right? Yes. So, so, you know, it's not, it's not like you can have a mansion. I always make this, this, this analogy. Where do you sleep? <laughs> I mean, how how far how big is your bed? It can be a, a California king size. If there's anything bigger than that, you're still gonna be sleeping in one corner of that bed. <laughs> so yes. that's how much space you're gonna take in the bed, even if you rotate. It's always gonna be the same. So yes. it's, not, it's it's just the way you see things, and I think that's that's the difference in how people can shift. If you start analyzing certain things and just like seeing like the magnitude. Uh, again, we had a discussion with a friend of mine a couple of days ago about the universe. I mean, we talked about the Mars rover yesterday or two days ago, you know. I mean, we're not going to talk about that because some people are like, well, maybe it happened, didn't happen. I'm not even going to go into that challenge right now. But, but the world, the universe, we are expecting the universe. I mean, the whole Earth, the whole galaxy is nothing compared to this creation or massive, you know, vast universe. And yeah. when you think about it, like, hello, you got to reflect on things. And maybe that can sometimes be like, wait, we have... A mission we are here for a reason and again we can debate the reason but we live it and we live among other folks and we need to be able to interact with them in a positive way and hopefully uh you know leave a good imprint a, a good influence as opposed to the other and stop living with people's standards yes that's the other thing because people's standards are dictating how we live yes and yeah i'm sorry go on no no that's it i, I just wanted to make yeah that. yeah sure so um what one is comforted in is to know that because energy has no beginning, no end, and is continuous, and our consciousness is part of that electromagnetic field, uh, when one dies, he or she expires. In other words, the, the spirit lives. Uh, it's a little bit like a driver leaving the car and for those who only focus on the vehicle, they will say, oh, you know what? Um, the driver must be dead because there are no lights, the engine is not running, and they don't take into consideration the fact that simply the driver part the uh, yeah, or sold it or something, but the driver is still around and that's the conscious aspect of it. Uh, so that's forever. The problem comes when the individuals try to bring that forever and uh, continuous and universal uh, plenitude of the energy we call uh, spirit and consciousness into material um, aspects of it. So uh, Eric Fromm used to say, uh, and he wrote a book called To Be or To Have, interestingly, uh, and he was one of the uh, authors I studied and, and I paraphrased from when I wrote uh, my book. He said, well, uh, you know, when you say the pursuit of freedom and liberty and so forth, that's fine. When you say the pursuit of wealth and you want to reach the top, can one ever have all the money in the world? No. And because the matter A, A is limited and the matter, matter rather is perishable. So bringing that desire for complete control over material things 
is 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 um, silly. It's a little bit like like shooting yourself in the foot at the beginning of the race, uh, because uh, it's important to understand the temporality of matter, whatever that is. This too shall pass. It's a quotation from the Bible uh, when it comes to material aspects. Uh, so it's important to keep within the right perspective, right? The being values and the having values to make room for both of them. One certainly can choose to ignore one or another uh, with the proper uh, understanding of, uh, of, of damage that one does by atrophying one aspect or another of his or her life. One thing I wanted to also add is the consistent need for growing internally or externally, if you will, the practice, right? Any, any runner, dancer, uh, any artist or sports person or writer will know that one needs to consistently be active in order to be uh, efficient in one he or she does. The same goes for changing, like you said, the paradigm from being um, seeking occasions to get offended, as Wayne Dyer used to say, to seeking occasions to be grateful for. One is to be consistent like this. Otherwise, the difference is um, between, let's say, the stereotypical French person who keeps drinking two glasses of red wine uh, every day of the week, as opposed to the stereotypical uh, dude from uh, the States who doesn't drink anything uh, Monday through Friday, but then comes Saturday and Sunday and, drinks goes, out. Blend and goes out, right? So uh, the same thing works for one's mentality. One is to be consistent uh, um, or else if he or she does it once in a while, it's not going to work. Uh, if one is consistent, by the way, there is the concept of neuroplasticity where the brain switches uh, its, its uh, circuitry from what we would consider based on MRIs and other tests to be uh, the formatting of the brain of somebody who's clinically depressed to being clinically optimistic. So it does happen. And by the way, the thought is the one dictating the emotions and the feelings and the words and the actions, not the other way around. People say, well, the neighbor got me mad, so I hit him. Okay, fine. So before you got mad, what happened? What happened? What happened? So if that idea about uh, uh, focusing on the thought as the primary triggering factor for better or worse and, and responding to, to daily concerns as opposed to reacting uh, is done, again, consistently, then one has a pretty good chance to go through life uh, happy, serene, grateful, and thankful. Well, that is... I mean, it's, 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 it's super extreme, you know, all the stuff that you mentioned here. And, and the example you mentioned about the neighbor case, right? But really, we tend, I think that's, that's a general thing. A lot of folks would rather find a reason why others are responsible, as opposed to looking within themselves, like, because you could avoid the conflict. I mean, I, you know, in, in, in one of our channels is the fit, you know, Fitness app, and we do fitness, and we, we introduce also martial arts, and the same concept. I mean, yeah, you could fight. Uh, but you can also avoid the fight. There's no reason to fight. And, and you know, somebody states something, okay, good. You walk away and that's it. You're not going to lose anything. And it's not, again, if the ego comes back, now we get excited. But, but yeah, control that. But the problem is in, in, in all aspects of our worlds today, work, personal, whatever, we tend to always find why you are the blame, not me. But when, when there's a conflict, there's both of us to blame. <laughs> you know, sure. You know, it's not who started it. It doesn't matter because you started, I can finish it by walking away and, and ignore it. Or I can just yeah. enjoy it and get excited about it. So, yeah. and then the other item, sorry, the other item that I was going to just uh, comment on is you mentioned about the values and the body and all that stuff. But you can actually have the world in your hand, meaning you can, you know, always think about position in your hand, but not in your heart. The problem is when people put it in their heart, that's it. It becomes everything. You know, yeah. you can... If it's in your hand, you're in control. If it's in your heart, forget it. I mean, heart means in your mind, it's like you cannot survive with it. And those yeah. are two different you know, elements that can make or break how you see things. Yeah, excellent point. It's the question that I ask myself is very often when I want to do something, am I doing this out of love 
or am I doing this out of fear, if you will, uh, not to anger or so forth? If I'm going to do it out of love, I'm going full sail uh, with it. If I'm doing it out of fear, there is a conflict between what I want to do and what I am doing. And it's a little bit in the latter case, like driving the car, flooring the, 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 the gas pedal with the handbrake on. What do you think is going to happen to that vehicle? <laughs> Destroyed? It will Destroy. spin? <laughs> Absolutely. It's going to explode it and or implode it. So imagine that that vehicle is our body. So if I continue to do what I don't want to do, uh, then I'm essentially setting up uh, myself up for early uh, damage and departure. Again, um, it starts with how I look at things, the thought. Um, and therefore it's important to either, it's one of the few times I'm using uh, the either or fallacy because usually you know, there are more aspects to it. But in this case, I either do it out of love or um, I don't do it. And if I'm doing something out of obligation, which triggers me to be angry because I don't, I fear not to be rejected, then I have to either change how I look at this where I could start doing it out of love or not do it at all. So just to give you an example, one of my clients, um, before he went to prison, he had a baby and uh, he looked at changing diapers and providing and so forth uh, as a big drag. So he was doing what he was doing out of of fear uh, for not being sued and so forth. And, and he did a terrible job. He ended up going to prison. While he was in prison, he realized, you know, man, I'm behind the bars. Instead of this, I could, uh, my, my son is growing up. Uh, I wish I could have been there. And he started basically to look at his duty as a parent, not as a, uh, not as a duty, but as a, uh, as a gift. So I started looking at that very idea of changing diapers, being protective of the son and of the mother as a gift. And in so doing, he became grateful for doing, when he came out, this very same thing that he would be doing begrudgingly before, uh, because again, the action was the same. The son was a little bigger, but still the action was the same. However, because he now was doing this out of love, looking at this as a privilege, he enjoyed the whole experience. So again, either I do what I do out of love or I don't do it, or I change what I do from doing it out of fear uh, to doing it out of love. Uh, otherwise, I have a conflict between ideas and actions, could be a conflict between what I want and what I want. And that's essentially setting me up for uh, anything from uh, uh, psychosomatic diseases, high blood pressure, ulcers and such uh, to basically um, exploding, right? And doing something stupid. Uh, and all that comes because of that perception aspect. The thought is the key uh, to everything else. So we have um, essentially the thoughts which lead to um, uh, feelings to lead to emotion, to words, to actions, to habits, uh, to uh, our destiny. I mean, there is the whole model which I wrote about this, uh, and it's a very step-by-step -step process. And uh, it can be changed by going backwards, right, from one's position or station in life to, to what led to that, right? Because everything on the outside words, actions are the tip of the iceberg. However, uh, the iceberg is much bigger and uh, underneath, right? The feelings, the thoughts, and probably the, the, the lower part it was what, what did the Titanic in, not so much the, the, the iceberg on the top. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, you know, we have this question that we always, you know, we hear about. What would you have changed in your life if you had to restart again? And, mm. and I think if you ask that question, I guarantee that anybody listening or watching right now, they have a whole list of things that they could have done differently to change them. And then also it takes a level of maturity because I think 
with age and wisdom, I think, and, and experience in life, you do realize that you make, we make mistakes. And some of them were just really dumb mistakes that we could have avoided, but ego came on the way, uh, living by other standards, and so on and so forth. Uh, at the end of the day, really, I have to be content with what I, I need. I don't have to do it for people. I have to do it for me. Uh, and even at work, we say this all the time. If you, if you do something that you don't like and you're working you know, with, with a job that is really not something you enjoy, you're actually going to feel it. But if you do something you enjoy, you will never feel like you're working. So those are just you know, concepts, but you know, it's, they're deep and people can apply them. But yeah. if you reflect on them long enough or just, just, as just put them in front of you and hear about them, oh, well, I can do that. Yes, you yeah. can. I, yeah. think, I think everybody can. Yeah, so you raised a very interesting point. Uh, there is a, an interesting expression in English. Um, the past is history. The future is uncertain. Uh, the present is a gift, which is why it's called the present. So rather than focusing on the history, long gone, not much I can do about it except employ forgiveness, um, and or pursuing the reparatory actions where I, there is something in my control, uh, or both um, at the internal level, at least the part about forgiveness. Uh, the future is uncertain, right? We don't know if we wake up tomorrow. There is absolutely no- No guarantee. No guarantee because you're talking about the gift of life here. And as such, the gift is, and now it isn't. <laughs> so, so basically I would focus in terms of what is it that I can do today to find and be at peace while I can think, feel, talk, and act in terms of progressing either externally or internally. And the internal part, again, the 40%, the perception aspect, right, to the external part, it's, it's been used beautifully by individuals who are bedridden, by individuals who are in prisons, communists, Nazis, South Africa, all kinds of prisons, wrongful individ, uh, wrongfully convicted individuals, rightfully convicted individuals who are sent to uh, the box, to isolation. And what that happened was that when everything is taken away from the individual at the material level, one can focus at what he doesn't have or what can focus at what he or she can do to progress internally. And therein lies the aspect of progressing internally where nothing on the outside is in my control anymore. Uh, so there is always, like I said, half full, half empty, the half full, short of traumatic brain injury or other issues that are affecting uh, the functionality of the brain and the consciousness. Uh, that's always a half full there where I am always in control of it, where I can always progress about it, regardless of the 10% outside factors. Wow. Gabriel, I mean, it's been an hour. I mean, I, I can, we can go on. <laughs> Thank you. This is some good stuff. I mean, maybe we'll have to do a sequel to this one, but, um, but definitely, uh, you know, just, just for the, because of the time and, you know, we're about to end the show. Uh, uh, I, I will have the description of the book uh, available on, on the, the description show here and the link and all stuff. So please feel free to check it out and check other, you know, I guess books and, and uh, good stuff, you know, good feed. Uh, good information that think that that can have valuable impact on people's lives. So please do check those things out. Um, you know, uh, any last words, you know, to the audiences listening and, and, and watching right now. So thank you again for the possibility of coming here and sharing these ideas. Um, also, the book is free uh, in PDF. It can be ordered. It, it can also be free. One can uh, get, and I'm sure you're providing information either at my webpage or at my LinkedIn account. Um, the idea with the book is this, I already have a day job, so I'm not relying on selling books. The concepts that are there are for people to use as, um, as needed, as wanted. So uh, the book is free in PDF uh, form for those who may want to read it. Thank All you right. again.
Well, that that is excellent. I mean, when when you say we're free, I mean that <laughs> you beat every price, right? <laughs> uh, well, no, thank you. It's it's my my privilege here, and uh, I mean certainly a very interesting uh, and and deep uh, conversation, and uh, it has a lot of different meanings, and I think a lot of people can benefit from from the core of it, uh, just at least to reflect on things in in a different light, and hopefully change the way they see life and how yes. they operate, and uh, maybe some people would you know, see value today and start, you know, implementing some of these, you know, uh, good uh, advice, right? And uh, so, so that being said, um, thank you, Gabriel. For, for, those of, uh, for those of you who are watching or listening in, you know, thank you for watching the iHealth channel, FinFab channel, and listening on iHealth Radio, Hurricane H here. Uh, so until the next one, next week, I will say bye-bye and have a great weekend and uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you all.